Bali Coffee specializes in light roasted single origin coffees, but once a year, the darkness takes over. Introducing the Darkest Day Halloween Roast, a blend of specialty beans roasted darker than any other offering we have ever done in the past. Available now at follycoffee.com. Only available in October. Don't miss out. Hey, this is Rob. This is episode 49 of the Folly Coffee Podcast. Let's get it brewing. We have a celebrity in the house. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just want any excuse to use my new DJ button. That's perfect. Uh... I'm sitting here with Katie of Angel Food Bakery, owner of Angel Food Bakery. You may have seen her on Beat Bobby Flay, or much more recently, Chopped Sweet Edition, where, is it spoiler alert still, or if you haven't seen no, it, but where you won Chopped yeah. Sweet, which was awesome. Crush it. <laughs> which is so <laughs> surreal. It's, it's funny, because the first time I watched the episode by myself, I was just like, this is dope. Like, go, go Katie, <laughs> go Katie. And then I watched it with Nikki, and she was like, that's that's Kate. She's on. She's on TV, but like real TV. Like that's for real. That's like, how I feel watching it. it like who is that? For? That's me. It like, is that's super so weird. bizarre. And it's like it's like it's like you're playing a, a video game and like you made a character. You're like, oh, it's, it's the person's there. Yes. that was so cool. And it's it's very surreal to like they show things that you say and you're like, that's definitely me saying that. I don't remember that. Do not remember saying that. Okay. I, I love, guess it's true. I, I texted you this, but I loved in the episode. I feel like everyone's always like, I just want everyone to do well. Oh, yeah. I just, <laughs> you know, I just, I'm just here. I'm just happy to be here. And then it cuts to you and you're like, win, 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 win. I like, I like to win. I, yeah. I want to win here. Why? I mean, okay. Well, I will say that like the format of these shows is, is straight up my alley. Like I just love that challenge. Like you have time constraint, you have a box that you have to fit within, but break out of it and be really creative and it just if you just said here's four hours do whatever you want I'd be like a disaster but if you say 45 minutes you have to make this here's four ingredients then that like gets all your creative stuff going mm-hmm. so just doing those kind of shows I really like it like um I don't you know this like way back in the day I did Project, Project Runway. Runway yeah I know and everybody's like are you sad you got kicked off I'm like I'm honestly just sad that I missed out on all the challenges mm-hmm. like I don't care about winning the whole thing i just wanted to do all the cool fun things anyone listening who's unfamiliar with your past is like wait what are we talking about right <laughs> sorry <laughs> i jumped ahead but the whole point of it being like yes i i want everybody to do well i don't want anybody to go down in flames but i'm there for a reason and that's to have fun and win so that's how i feel i go i want everybody to do their best and i also yeah. win <laughs> I, you know like i want them to do their best but i want to be better than them so I, was, I feel like that's normal so because <laughs> it's just such a funny sentence when you go, oh, well, I started my TV Sorry, yeah, I with Project Runway. And uh, anybody, like, I thought this was a baker we were talking to. How do you find yourself in a position that you end up on Project Runway in the first place? Yeah. Um, so my previous life coming out of college, I was a clothing designer. I designed for Target for a while and for some other companies and had my own stuff for a while and and really wanting to kind of break into my own clothing line. I thought Project Runway would be fun to do. Honestly, I had zero chance of making it in my mind. It was just kind of a whim. I got a really 
cheap ticket to Miami to try out. <laughs> literally, literally called in sick, didn't tell anybody I was going, flew down there, flew back the next day, had <laughs> made the first cut, and I was like, what just happened? Like, what is the tryout for Project One Runway like? Well, I don't know. I mean, now I don't know, but this is this is dating me way back to season three. So, <laughs> um, you had to go and stand in line, and they cut people out of the line. Like, they would look at your portfolio and be like, "Now nah, get out of here." <laughs> at least they're looking at portfolio. I thought you were going to say they just look at you and be like, nah. "They might." I don't know, but they they do it really slyly. So they were cutting you, and then when you make it in before the judges. Um, and they talk to you and they look at your samples. And then by the end of that, you are told, like, you made the next cut. You have 48 hours to go home, film a, like, five-minute video of you and your life and show us everything that makes you interesting. And you have to get it to us. And this is, I mean, this again, this is way before video was so mm. accessible. I mean, I think I was still on, like, iPhone 1, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so I had to fly home. I hadn't told anybody. And all of a sudden, I needed help making a video. And I started telling people and it was weird and then um you have to go through like psychiatric evaluations so they flew me to new york for a day to like go through therapy sessions and like do these big i don't even know mma like it's some kind of like therapy test where it asks you like 600 questions and it's crazy it's like are you <laughs> it, like one of the questions were you know it's like are you abnormally fearful of snakes i'm like i don't i mean I don't, I don't think I like snakes, but I don't. Like. <laughs> what is an appropriate level of fear yeah? And the snakes? and the answers are all yes or no. And yeah. like, I don't know how to answer this. Um, I know the test you're referencing. I had to take it in college. It's, yeah, it's like a multiphasic. And like halfway it, through, it, you're just like half reading, yeah. half in a daze. You get like thirty questions in about your dad. I'm like, can I just write like <laughs> I love my dad and like get this over with? Like, please. Um, so that and then I got a call from Tim Gunn one day and. I think that was like Friday on a Monday. I was flying to New York to do the show. So and to do the show, did you have to quit your job? Yep. Well, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. So if you got the news on a Friday, how'd you let them? Just I like let them know that day. I'm crying, and you're not supposed to tell anybody. It's like fines of millions of dollars if you tell anybody that you made the show. And so I'm going, and I'm like, I have to go leave. Like I don't know when I'm be back, and I just need to quit. You're and not I, even allowed to tell people you're on it. Oh. No. So you had to quit, and they'd be like, why? Like, they they were, like, freaking out. They were like, are you sick? Like, are you dying? Like, what's happening to you? I'm I, like, I just, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I can't say. I can't tell you. And immediately they sent out, like, a, a resignation email to the team, and one person popped her head over the cubicle and was like, you're on Project Runway, aren't you? And I'm like, and I'm a, ba- I'm a really bad liar. So I'm like, no. Why would you think that? And she's like, she's on Project Runway. It's fine. I'm like, I didn't tell you. Like, I didn't say anything. <laughs> I'm going to email you right now to get it in writing. Yeah. <laughs> Touche. Um, so, yeah, so I did that, and I think I was really too nice. Like, mis- mid- I was, like, the Midwestern girl on the show. Mm-hmm. So I was, like, the nice girl that, you know, everybody – going back to it, everybody was doing great. I don't know if I'm the best. Like, it's all this sort of stuff. So I think the producer's, like get her out of here. Oh, okay. Like, she's boring. It's, like, a combination of, obviously, yeah. the talent – for the design, but also th- it's, it's a TV show. It's, it's TV entertainment. Show. Like they, they absolutely all these shows cast people. Like they're not the chopped is not picking the best four bakers that they found. Like they're casting these episodes. So they're finding the best four that can do a birthday theme, which is the theme. You know, they and then they're casting. They can't all have four short, dark haired girls from the Midwest. Like you know that 
they need to have like the crazy guy and then the sassy one and the sweet one, you know. So I got to be the like kind of bitchy one. <laughs> on chopped. On chopped. It's great. And so was that learned from your Project Runway experience or do you think it's just time? A little of both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, being a business owner, you end up just becoming more direct. Like yeah. you just, you don't have time to just be nice and, and casual about everything. Like sometimes I'm just like, I just need this done now. And, and at what point, learn. at what point from getting cut in Project Runway? So you quit your job, you go on Project Runway, <laughs> you get cut. What is your yeah. life after that? Well, it's a, I mean, it's a secret for a long time because um, people don't know that you're on. And then it's so surreal. Like it airs six months to a year after that. So all of a sudden there's all this hype and excitement about it. And you live kind of that like weird. So people like, thought you just out of the blue quit your job and were just like roaming around. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't know what they thought, but they figured it out and – um. You know, I did. I started doing my own design. I started freelancing for some big companies. I continued to freelance for Target. And, okay. And at the time, for me, it was it. I was interested in like branching out with trying something different, but I didn't want to just like quit and be like, "Screw you guys," because it's a great company mm-hmm. and I liked who I worked with. So I wanted. It, it felt like the best way to like not burn that bridge. To be like, well, I got on Project Runway, so I had to quit. You know, and mm-hmm. and then explore my other options. And if I totally failed at life after that then i felt like i could go back <laughs> like kind of holding on to the say the like blankie you know oh so you're kind of when knowing it's coming out six months from now you're kind of going i'm gonna wait until this comes out to yeah. like some of the publicity may help to for future work and all that gets oh what I was kind okay, of hoping okay. is like if i start my own thing and this publicity happens oh. and i'm doing freelance and people know who i am i can get more business but if i really suck at this and hate it like i can go get hang gravel and get my job back (laughs) okay i'm with you now (laughs) so it was kind of a little like figure out gameplay i guess what was it like when the show launched it was crazy like like red carpet stuff and heidi klum inviting you to her halloween birthday or halloween party which i should have gone to but i didn't have any money so (laughs) (laughs) um it wasn't it's nuts it's it's still weird i mean this is 15 or 16 years later and you I'll still get recognized from that which is insane it's wild I don't think I look any if you look at pictures I don't feel like I look the same at all but people are like oh weren't you on that like clothing show I'm like this is so weird or like um I think the, the weirdest moment was I went to like a movie there was like a dollar night movie night you know whatever went to a movie and the next day in Star Tribune, in the like gossip column, it was like, Catherine Curtis of Project Runway was cited at movie, seemed to enjoy it. I was like, come on now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> really? What? Yeah. I was like, that's weird. I was like, that's weird. Yeah, it was a good movie. I mean, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> Who was watching me to see if I seemed to enjoy I don't enjoy know. The movie so then I like, freaked out. I'm like, well, am I going to be eating dinner somewhere? And there's like oh. food in my teeth. And now people are. Uh, that would make me it, so like, anxious. <laughs> it was honestly. Like, it was at the time when Britney Spears was having her her first total meltdown, mm-hmm. and I had the moment where I'm like, I understand. Like, <laughs> I'm nobody. I am nobody. I am like 14th place on like a fashion reality TV show, and people are already like, she liked that movie and talking about it. I'm like, what would it be like to be really famous? That's crazy. Like, I could see just losing it. Quickly. <laughs> 
Sorry. This is not where you thought this was going. <laughs> I'm just trying to I'm trying to picture going to a movie and someone writes about it. And you're just oh, it's like it's such a violation of just like let me yeah uh, just let but then me you watch think a that's movie. what we do to celebrities all day every day. Like no wonder they get angry and like. It's try what, to fight back. Yeah, that's what we're saying about seeing you on the TV. It's like, to me, it's like, that's Katie on the TV. To yeah. someone else, it's just like, oh, that's a personality yeah. on the TV. That's just, yeah. Once It's like the joke about real world that the first couple seasons were like normal people. And you're like, oh, this is just what would happen if you took a group of people that didn't know There's each other and they lived together. And, they... and then five seasons later, it's like every single person has to, it's like, oh, you have, you're this person, you have, yeah. you're that person. And, and they're we, all like aspiring actors and and all on the edge of teetering on insanity so yeah. that it makes really good tv but you you start to not think of them as people anymore yes. you start to think of them as personalities yeah and i've i've run into it on a very 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 small scale where somebody would be like oh you do you do the instagram and i'm like yeah i, go, yeah. I promise i'm not really always like that <laughs> <laughs> you're not always like nah, 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 nah. but it's, it's especially with like me and jeff because i always just we lean into that hard that it's like jeff is super laid back and i'm always wired yeah. and so you I, had, well i mean your normal our normal personalities are not exciting to watch and that's that's in general <laughs> of people around the world like your normal day is not that exciting mm-hmm. and so to be exciting to watch on tv or on instagram or something you have to be like bigger you know yeah. your emotions have to be bigger and you have to it's, it's so hard to capture attention yeah i always say i was like i'll make an ass out of myself if i'll get somebody to watch this video for five seconds yeah. get the message across when did you go from project runway and designing <laughs> to a bakery okay so i always liked baking um as a kid i picked it up i just started like practicing i don't I don't have a good story about why. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have a grandma who, I, none of my grandmas baked. My mom didn't bake. Like, nobody did that. I just, like, honestly, I had probably just wanted to eat cookies one day. <laughs> that kid for life. Um, <laughs> so I always liked baking during high school and college. Those were my summer jobs just because I was like, I need a three-month summer job. Mm-hmm. And I can talk myself into any job because I work hard and people see that. So I started to learn how to be a professional at it, but then I, that was not, like at that time in 1999, like being a a chef was not a thing. It wasn't a career that you aspired to be. Like now there, now it is, Um, you know, it's like Food Network and now people want to do this. But at the time it was like, oh, you're too dumb to get a real job is is kind of like the mentality. You call call somebody like a cook versus like a chef or like Like, the celebrity chef status and those kind of things. Yeah. So being a professional baker had never, ever crossed my mind. And I was always into art and being creative. And I knew I was going to go to an art school and do photography. And then I switched from photography to fashion design because I got bored. (laughs) Story of my life is basically because I got bored. Um, (laughs) Title, working title. Um, so, clothing was my career, and then, like on a, a not as funny side, is I I really suffered with the fashion industry from a like a, a personal level. Like, self esteem was really low from the industry. I mean, it is it is what you think it is. It, at the time, you know, coming out of the '90s and into the 2000s, it was still like, who is the most skinny person out there? Who is the most rich person out there? Like now, now it seems to be a lot more about like body image acceptance and all sizes are beautiful, but that was not the case at the time. And I just really kind of got to a low point where I'm like, I love 
I love my job of designing things, but I don't love how this all makes people feel. Is that something people talked about at the time or is that you just deal with it? You just dealt with it. You just tried to be prettier than the next person or tried to be skinnier than the next person or tried to, you know, not eat. (laughs) Like, you know, I, I mean, I remember in fashion design program in school and it was like a, you aspired to be that girl that just had half an apple at lunch, you know? And I'm like, man, I really like food though. (laughs) It's kind of nice. So I was doing the clothing design and I, I love making things. Mm -hmm. um, And I just didn't like that industry. And so I wanted to get out and I was doing freelance, which was good, but I wasn't bringing in enough money. And I was like, I just need a part-time job to kind of like pay rent. And I was like, I could, talk my way back into a bakery and got a job and then just kind of turned that into a career. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, oh, this is really fun. I I need to learn more and just continued working. And at the time, a few years after that, my parents, my mom and her husband started a restaurant, Hell's Kitchen, and they went from just like a breakfast lunch place to all of a sudden they got a different space and they Mm. brought in dinner and they needed a pastry chef. And my mom has always been like anti-nepotism. She's like, you can't work for me. It's not a family business. And then her husband, my stepdad, was like, can I swear on this thing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. But he swore all the time and he's like, fucking Katie, hire her. She's the best. And I'm like, you don't have to do that. And he's like, I'm fucking hire you because you're my stepdaughter. He's like, I want you working in my kitchen. So I got to run kind of build a pastry program mm. there. And out of that kind of, came the bakery because I made a joke one day and I was like we're out of space so I should open a bakery <laughs> and then here we are <laughs> and then you looked around and went ah? Yeah, ah, ah, ah. yeah yeah I thought I really honestly was like joking and then a year later we opened Angel Food yeah well knowing your personality is it because you I've run into people on both sides of the nepotism thing I've run in I've run into people that you see the last names the same and you meet them and you see their work ethic and you're like oh I see what's going on yeah. here there is a, it's definitely there <laughs> yeah but on the other side with your personality, I think, and I, I, I would, I think operate somewhat the same in the sense that like, Oh, I have to work extra hard just so that everyone around me doesn't think I'm that person. Like Absolutely. you have to, you have to do an extra level of work so that people around because you're held to a different standard by your peers. Yeah. And I think generally the people where the nepotism thing, they don't care what their peers think about them and they take advantage of that versus knowing you, it's like, <laughs> hard work is like the number one thing on your <laughs> life resume i think <laughs> that's not working i'm gonna work harder yeah, like, <laughs> yeah when when covid went down and uh you, you you were just working by yourself just baking around the clock you were the person that i was thinking about when i'm like this is hard but i'm not working that hard for <laughs> sure like she's she's getting less seed than, than me somehow yeah that was that i mean it's still rough yeah but that was rough. Yeah. I was, I think I, I think over the first six weeks of COVID shutdown, I was averaging a hundred hours a week for six weeks straight. We're going to get back to this because this is okay. way ahead, but I want to get to what it was like opening. Um, yeah. And so the, the, the brand um, um, Angel Food is obviously a play on Hell's Kitchen. Was that kind of the idea or was it just totally separate? It was, so again, it was kind of like a, a joke of opening a bakery yeah. and I didn't have any ideas of what it would be or why, but really, really, truly, Hell's Kitchen outgrew their space, mm. and they needed more kitchen space, and I was doing all this pastry and bread and 
all the stuff for the program. So I was like, well, if I open a space and can cater it, you know, like uh, wholesale it back in, mm-hmm. um, and there just happened to be this empty kind of kitchen space above Hell's Kitchen. It was like a pizza takeout at some point six years before we opened. It had been empty forever. And, I, and we talked to our landlords, and they were great, and it just kind of turned into this option. Mm-hmm. So then we were like, it's really, really cheesy to be like, heaven over hell. You know, like, that's dumb. So we put out a Facebook poll at the time. with We didn't say where. Mm-hmm. We just said, if we open a bakery, Hell's Kitchen opens a bakery, and here are, like, six names, and I think there was, like, Black Blackbird Bakery or, you know, whatever. There was a couple Heaven Plays mm-hmm. and a few other ones, and, and it was, like, 85% of the votes said Angel Food. I was like, okay. Well, that it, seems cheesy to me, but okay. Because <laughs> it didn't even occur to me, the the the... the relation of the name angel food to hell's kitchen but i think that's why it works is because the name angel food stands on its own it's not like i hope so it, I, <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i probably wouldn't say it to you to your face if it didn't but no we can go through names i don't like off the mic perfect but no the the name holds on its own but that it is cool that the backstory plays into it yeah, that the dynamic there works and it's you know it's it is they are two and always have been two completely independent companies of each other but obviously there's a family tie there and we do work with each other frequently so it is kind of like cool to have it play back and forth um but i think like we were a little worried about the name going when we opened up the airport location just being like can we stand our own without hell's kitchen you know at the time we were like are are we capable of doing this without the draw of hell's kitchen's audience and so it was really really cool to see that we were capable <laughs> yeah clearly as named the uh hot local concept in 2018 by the airport yeah the we won best quick service in all of north america in 2017 yes yeah so i, I read but i forgot what the name was i don't know yeah it, i mean it's really like best quick service food and beverage concept in all of north american airports it's yeah. like a very long title when we won i told my dad and he's like that's cool best one at the airport i was like North America, Dad. That's so sick. He's like, what does that mean? I was like, every airport in North America, we're the best one. And he's like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what I what I know Angel Food for, or I think like famous for like your donuts, your bright colors, your cakes. Going from doing the pastry program at Hell's Kitchen to what I think I would consider you known for at this point, how did how did that come to be? That's a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, is that something that you already loved going into it, or it just happened? It it's really, I mean, it's really grown organically. There was never a point where I was like, "This is our brand, and this is what I'm going to do for it." It just kind of, um, it was things I was playing with and ideas, and you know, before we opened the baker, we started talking about like what kind of special products could we come up with that we could be known for, and that's where the message donut happy birthday donuts came yeah. from um and those i mean if i showed you photos like they have transitioned over the years in style and and the way we do it so it, it just evolved kind of and really my my biggest goal with the bakery is i didn't want to be another like cutesy cupcake shop like, mm-hmm. I, there's so many and they do so well or or there's like two genres of bakeries in my mind there's like the mom and pop like they've been doing this for 80 years and you know like you know what you're picturing in your head right now and they're great and then there's like 
cutesy cupcake shop where they're pink and girly and frilly and everything and and that's just not me adults <laughs> acting like kids all that good stuff yeah <laughs> and you know i it was just not that's not my style like not yeah. all bakers fit into that style and so i was trying to figure out like how can angel food be a little bit different and not be that like cute like our number one rule is there's no like cheesy angel decor like mm-hmm. you there's like one there's one sculpture of this like woman with these big wings that my mom put in there and loves and I've been like trying to get rid of it for eight years. <laughs> Sorry, mom. Um, but otherwise, like there's no like angel logo or anything, you know, yeah. like, that's too cutesy. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Because I, th- I think it's so hard in food and beverage to create truly unique products. But oh my gosh, th- I mean, things like your donut cake. It's funny because my my mom sent one to my sister's office for her birthday. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know that. and oh, this is like a year ago. And um, yeah, I guess it would have been March because that's oh. second because that's her birthday. There so, you go. <laughs> oh wow, that was right, right before, before the show. Right, right. It's in the end of the before. <laughs> yes, but my sister said the strangest thing happened that cakes happen for birthdays all the time there. And they never get fully eaten because everyone's like, ah, that's cake. I, I don't need more cake. Uh, but because it was a donut cake, she like she was like, that thing was gone in 15 minutes. Oh, yay. But, and I was like, why do you think that? I don't know. It's like, it's different. It's than just different. It's just yeah. different than cake. And it's like, all, every sheet cake is going to be basically the same thing. But that one came and she said that was gone in like 15 minutes. She barely yay. got a piece for herself. Oh, well, that makes me happy. Not that she didn't get a piece. Yeah, that and then the, the messaging donuts is like such a simple execution of an awesome like or a great execution of a simple idea but Thanks. like it, i think it, it is like people are like what can i do that i'm not sending somebody a full cake or yeah. something it's yeah that we definitely try to think about that especially now with, with shipping because it you know not everybody's sending something to 13 people like yeah. you don't need a huge thing so how can you get a special thing for four or five people that are in the house um yeah the the cake came out like we when we started with weddings, I remember I distinctly remember our very first donut wedding. It was our first year open, and they came to me and they're like, "Would you do an all donut wedding?" I'm like, "Yeah, of course." And they're like, "Everybody thinks we're crazy." And I'm like, "Screw them! Like it's your wedding. <laughs> like, I don't care." So we we did a whole like buffet of donuts, mm. and then they wanted a donut cake. And so at the time, I stacked like a bunch of powdered sugar donuts so they looked like a tiered cake. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. So we started doing that more and more for people. And then we had a couple come in a few years later and they were like, we want a donut cake. I'm like, yep, absolutely, got gotcha. you. And they're like, no, like, one that look like it's like a layer cake. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're saying words together. You're saying like, fit. you're saying words, but I don't know what you mean. And so then from there, again, going back to the chop thing, like they gave me a parameter and they were like, we don't know what we're talking about, figure it out. I was like, cool, okay, I have rules. Now what do I do with that? I need to start. I need to start talking to more people having weddings. I, I was just telling you I had Brett on from Maddie and Mays with his popcorn. Yeah, and his original concept was he wanted there to be popcorn weddings, and th- they do that, don't they? Not really. Oh, okay. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was the joke. Don't worry, he knows how that idea worked out. But well, it, like, like a popcorn bar at a wedding would be really cool, like late night snack. And that was his idea, but I yeah. think it's too far from what people are looking for. But it led to him creating the birthday cake flavor. Of his popcorn, which is one of his best sellers. And so you having someone say, can you create this? And then him kind of creating a flavor through weddings. It's a funny coincidence because I just talked to him a few days ago. Yeah, that's awesome. It's 
it's like I don't know if all creative people I mean all creative people are identical so no I don't know if they all think this way but for me it's so hard to just come up with a new idea right now and you're like I don't know what am I gonna do but if if somebody has if somebody comes to me with we want a giant donut cake thing then then like the creative juices or whatever start flowing and you're like okay how can I solve this it's kind of like solving a logic problem. Like, mm. How can I put all these pieces together and it makes sense and looks good and tastes good? And so. And with all that being said, because sometimes I think uh, you you see businesses that look really good on Instagram, then you taste it, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. well, it looked really cool, yeah. uh, and people go there to take pictures, and that's it. Uh, but I have some in mind. The, the execution, <laughs> yes, yeah, so do I. Don't worry. Uh, the execution of the simple things, because I think the best thing on your menu is the crawler. Yes. I, that's the best thing on the menu, and Thank I will you. defend that to the death. I you will make not it, fight you on that. <laughs> you make it in the traditional way. It's perfect, and I don't ever eat donuts except when I used to deliver well, to well, Angel Food. You, when I brought it was. your donuts. And don't worry. Okay. I'll be eating that one. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but that that is uh, such a key thing to this all working, I think, is is that it's a it's called a gimmick what you want, the letters and the cake, but then you yeah. eat the donut, you're like, oh, but this is also really good. tasty. Well, that's, I mean, that's my, like – I don't want to serve a shitty product and mm-hmm. and it, it certainly happened we've made mistakes and and I feel terrible about it like we're selling a good donut and regardless of the instagrammable quality of it um and a cruller to me is there's so many things in baking that a lot of bakeries just and it, I don't want to sound judgy on this cuz I'm not cuz there there's reasons for everything but a lot of bakeries just buy the bag of vanilla cake mix just like you would buy a box of Betty Crocker and you add a little oil and some water and you've got cake and because of that like crullers are the same way there's a bag of mix that you use and it deposits it and so most people are used to eating basically the same product regardless of where you've been Mm -hmm. and that's around the country so you could go to Florida and have the cruller that tastes like a place in Minnesota because it's the same national distributor and it it just tastes the same but if you can kind of go back to the original like heritage of it and go back the way it really was made in the beginning before somebody mass produced the like cheaper, faster route. And it, I mean, I will say like making crullers by hand kind of sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> we, like I, I distinctly remember the first six months at the airport and I'm like, I am hand piping like hundreds of these a day. Like this hurts. Like I am tired of this. I don't want to do this. Um, but, you know, that's the product. And it, it I really think the cooler for us shows the difference. Yeah. Like, that's a distinct difference from what you get at the gas station. It's it's what I do when I find a new place is I always order something really simple because that's kind of how you figure out, our, there, like, yeah. is, the, is the detail still there? And sometimes I, latte art in the coffee world is a really, really uh, comparable thing is – so originally latte art was supposed to show that you've got a well-served beverage because when you have contrast oh, really? between, yeah, when you have contrast between a properly steamed, uh, when you have contrast between properly steamed milk and espresso, you're able to, when you finish the pour, there's contrast in the milk. It shows that it's properly steamed. I had no idea. So it's that was fancy. Yeah. So really it just started as when you finish pouring a latte, you would simply leave a dot on the top, a little circle. This shows I this is properly steamed milk. Then people realize we can do art with this. This is really cool. 
And then it shifted where people started caring more about, and then with the uh, birth of Instagram, latte art has become everything. Yeah. And so now there are people with terrible coffee and a terrible product that looks amazing. And funny enough with something like coffee can actually keep some shops alive if they have some amazing latte artists, but then you drink it and you're like, this doesn't taste good though. And you've gone away from what the original mission of that is. And, uh, Especially with baking, you see like the competition cake shows. Oh my god, I can't! Don't start me on that. <laughs> like, you seem like sticking stuff in and like styrofoam. And I'm just like that that's lo- not cake. That, that- You're a really good sculptor. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's kind of just. It's like if you used a really nasty clay that, yeah, with like wooden sticks in it, and you're, yeah. But what was the? Do you remember there was a modeling clay when it, when we were kids? Play-Doh? No. It was, like, <laughs> nicer than that. And they came in, like, little cube cubes of it and bright colors and stuff, but it looked, it it reminds me, like, what you could do with that, and then it would dry and harden into whatever shitty creation you <laughs> eight-year-old made. Um, but they, it, every time I see somebody, like, doing one of those cake sculpture things, it reminds me exactly of that. I'm like, that just, for me, it's not appetizing. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want that cake. I don't want to do that. I it's great. Like, there's really skilled artists that do it, but I just don't. I wouldn't put it in baking category. Fair enough. And it's like, like no, now I'm like, oh no, no, I'm being no, a jerk. no, no. It's I because I, I feel the same way. I go, I kind of feel like I'm just watching an art show that of like not great art. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like in between, it's like off art or like weird cake or weird cake. Yeah, um, it's also like with that, and I don't know if this translates to latte art as much but maybe but like for instagram and bakers there's so many amazing food stylists out there that make these just gorgeous art pieces out of food maybe that's food and then that sets that expectation for reality for people Mm -hmm. so then they come to us and they're like i just have a simple cake request for tomorrow and i'm like oh Okay, well, that's kind of under our, our deadline of 48 hours. But sure, what do you have in there? Like, I just want a three-tiered uh, Lilo and Stitch, like, sculpted cake with, like, a, that's not simple. No, it's it's super <laughs> comparable. There are people in the coffee world that are famous for their latte art, but it's you get unrealistically large pitchers, and then you steam way, way more milk than you would ever possibly need for the drink because it's always kind of like the milk that you're pouring in the middle of the pour is the best for it. And so if you were to pour it all out, that like very end of it, it's not going to be great for latte art. And so you see people with like these huge, huge pitchers full of full of milk, and they're pouring some out so they can get the perfect angle, and yeah. then they do it, and then they're pouring out another two lattes worth of milk, and you're going, you could, you would go out of business as a shop if you did that because yeah. you're using three to four Food times the milk or... you need and then you can't have a 60 ounce pitcher to pour and everybody's <laughs> angry because they just waited 40 minutes for a cup of coffee yeah <laughs> and, and, and but there are places that like that's their thing and that that's what you yeah. do and it is actually viable and i'm sure you think the same way in the in the cake world that it's like oh, the, I mean, there are places that that's all they sell and it's, it's yeah, a really good they're doing really well and there's and there's a lot of people that do want that sculpted cake and by all means the places that do it they put so much effort into it and have at it but it's not my thing and what, what was it like it <laughs> to, to shift back to uh the opening of the second location in the airport i know we've discussed this and we were super excited to be serving coffee in the I airport for, uh, until One about a again. month before man 
My, the the uh, timing of everything for us has just been wonderful. Yes. No, it's really exactly how I thought this would all go. <laughs> oh, and you got your custom cups in right yep. before this all went down. That was super cool. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I currently am the proud owner of like 15,000 coffee cups. <laughs> <laughs> they're beautiful cups. They're gorgeous. They're, they're yeah. great cups, if that makes you feel better. No, they're gorgeous. Um, Do cups expire? No. Oh, thank God. No, they're, I mean, they're there and they're compostable. So hopefully nothing is happening in the storage unit. Yeah, you go <laughs> and there's just a, 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 its own ecosystem of mice, <laughs> a rat colony. A storage unit of compostable paper weirdo stuff. No, we, we're uh, good. We have pest control, so it's good. fine. I also, like, in my super random, so we make this fruitcake each year for the holidays, just because I know you're going to want to try this. Okay. And... So, I'm, I'm immediately skeptical. No. Okay. So fruitcake has a bad rap. Totally understand why. There's this old school recipe where it's like real fruit and nuts and stuff in okay. it. Um, we've sold it the last few years at Christmas. It's great. It, we've doused it in like Grand Marnier and rum and it's got a lot of booze in it. Not for children. Um, so we always age it about at least a month, which you need to so that the flavor is mellow. Mm-hmm. And then last year, this like old family friend was like, well, you know how they used to age fruitcake? They, you know, the longest aged fruitcake ever was 25 years. I'm like, no way. Like, what? Nobody's going to eat that. And he talked about how they used to age fruitcake in powdered sugar because powdered sugar is a preservative. And as long as there's not air in there, in theory, it preserves it. So <laughs> last year, we, we shipped them for the first time. And I... I because you have to like prepare ahead of time, I wildly overestimated how many we were going to ship. Mm-hmm. My bad. So we now have like seventy loaves sitting in barrels of powdered sugar, <laughs> just to really? see how they age over the year. Yep. Okay. Yeah, I am intrigued. Yeah. See. <laughs> so as I say, no, we have pest why control. Does, why does fruit cave get have such a bad rap? Because there's like junky ingredients in it, and okay. the, the you, have you heard the Jim Gavkin little bit about it? Uh. Uh-uh. He's like fruit, good cake, great. Fruitcake? Nasty crap. Yeah. I don't... The, like, maraschino cherries on it and stuff is just... I don't know. Probably just people making cheaper and cheaper versions just yeah. because it's popular I over think the holidays. So. Like, this this has, like, all sorts of, like, figs and apricots and two different kinds of raisins. And, you know, if you don't like dried fruit, then you're shit out of luck. <laughs> but yeah, so we're now on... We're now on, you know, going into one year of aging it and there's... I think it's safe. I keep checking without... I don't want to open it. You'll just have me taste it first. Yeah. How do you feel? How do you feel? Are you alive? <laughs> well, my husband, Chris, is just... He's such a whiskey guy, and he is just like, oh, my God. You can only open, like, one barrel this year, and then the next year you have to, like, start more, and then in five years, and then 20 years, I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with this in 20 Well, you years. could have you could have Chris test it because he's got the iron gut. Yeah. He will. He will. Absolutely. He'll be the first person because nothing kills him. <laughs> I have tried. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> He's trying himself with his. He's making yeah. With his yeah. Hashtag shit. Chris eats. Yep. <laughs> Anyways, back, yeah. Back, any, to, back to coffee cups and, and the airport. Yeah. With uh, oh yeah, that's how this started. Sorry. The, t- the timing. Timing is good. Cups. All that good stuff. Yep. Uh, Going exactly the, how I planned. Was the airport something you had planned and had in mind, or was it an opportunity that arose? It was absolutely an opportunity. I had not planned a second location. I was still trying to figure out my first location. Um, and uh, the president of Hell's Kitchen at the time, he looked so unknowing to me and most people. The airport, the airport spots go up for bid every ten years. So all those shops have a ten year lease, and in ten years, 
called a write for a proposal. It goes out to bid if you're there. Like um, the last round, French Meadow was there forever. They rebid it as, um, oh, what's the other one they own? Whatever it opened up again. But basically, they, they reconceptualized it, rebid, mm-hmm. and they won that bid again. Mm-hmm. So new people couldn't come in, they got it. But they could have been out because they lost. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of places did. Mm-hmm. Um, so the president of Hell's Kitchen at the time heard about it and w- was really interested in Hell's Kitchen bidding for one of the restaurant locations. And so, obviously, my mom being the owner of Hell's Kitchen, I heard her talking about pros and cons and is this something she wants and all this sort of stuff. And I'm behind her being like, Mimi, I want it. I want that. Can Angel Food do that? And so that's just kind of like me pressing him being like, how do I get in on this? And he and so we were vetting all you have to work with a, a concessionaire company. Mm-hmm. So we started meeting with them and vetting them and eventually um Hell's Kitchen didn't they didn't get their bid and they didn't know if they really wanted it. Um so they were out but we were in and we it was a very interesting process. I can tell you I could not be a politician. <laughs> it was very political. Mm-hmm. Um Lots of like meet and greets and handshakes and talking to people and getting people to know who you are and why they want you. Um, and I'd have to imagine they probably work with a lot of really big players. Yes. And so they're probably not used to operating with someone who's a who's a locally owned business no. with all with a single location, independently yeah. run and operated. They're young prob- they're, female who does not look like a professional in any way. Yeah, they're probably used to dealing with like literally a company's politician. Like th- this is the person that goes in and meets with those concessionaires, Absolutely. and that's their job, and that's all they do. And, and they know and they how to tra- play the game. They, I, I know those people well now, and that yeah. is what they do. They travel the country. Literally, they are the concept team. Mm. Like they go and they pitch concepts, and they and they do stuff to get new locations and so we were in it and part of the big push that time as you will now see with the airport is the um, woman who's running all this stuff at the time she was really really pushing for local small concepts um, she ended up after all of this like she ended up winning like best airport in the country a yeah. couple of times because she crushed it like really it's way ahead of its time for that yeah and if you if you travel to some other airports after being in msp you're like man i'm so spoiled (laughs) (laughs) hope you like auntie anne's yeah yeah like i remember being stuck in new jersey for a while i was like yeah (laughs) looks like i'm getting a dunkin donuts breakfast sandwich yeah i did i think i did get one (laughs) (laughs) because your options are like well do i get a mcdonald's breakfast and go get like pizza at 8 a.m like okay here's my choice um so so at the time they were pushing local, but there's also a lot of like financial, obviously, like people want to make money. Yeah. Um there was kind of a our our package is what they call it, like people bid on packages. So mm-hmm. like our package was three restaurant locations in one thing. Basically like if you think of a prime location at an airport, you're everybody passes it, everybody sees it, everybody wants that spot. But then think of, like, the end of Concourse C. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going down there. Nobody wants that little space down there. So they link those together. So in oh. order to win the big guy, you got to, like, take on the the little shitty spot, too. That's actually <laughs> really <of> smart. smart. <laughs> <laughs> so our package had three locations, and we had pitched this great package with Angel Food and Smack Shack being a local, like, lobster roll 
place, you know, and, and then the twin sports bar grill, and we went up against a package of that. I will not name names, but they were very, very, like, big national just chains. Mm-hmm. And it kind of went, you know, like, kind of turned into a tie vote. Like, there's a concessionaire that, or a uh, commission that votes on it, and it sort of tied it, and we had to go into this weird bidding thing where there's a room at the airport and there's a, the councils up there and everybody's there and all I mean like the VP of national brands that you know like if you think of what is the donut shop that I'm competing against on a national level like the the president of that company is sitting there and the president of a wing place is sitting there going against me and literally you get up to a microphone in front of everybody and all the press media is there and you pitch your why you should win this and somebody got up there and she got up before us and she talked about she's like I know this little donut shop is a cute local place but do you really think that they can handle this kind of all you know I was gonna say that must have been the argument straight into basically trash talking me and I'm sitting behind her I'm like (laughs) like the my like real professional partners are are next to me and they're like holding me back I'm like hold me back I'm gonna get her (laughs) and then I got up there. And so this is like a public thing, like, or like to the open the media and all that good stuff. Yeah, the media is all there. Oh, there's, wow. There's definitely a picture of us crying after we won. But oh, wow. <laughs> but like, I had to get up. I, I'm pretty sure I blacked out. But I definitely said something along the lines of like, you asked for local award-winning concepts. You're not going to get it with them, but you're going to get it with me. And you asked for local operators who would ensure the quality stays high and you're not getting it with them, but I'm going to be there at 3 a.m. making donuts, and you know it's going to be good. And, like, pitched them, and we ended up winning the vote by one vote. And, <laughs> have you, and I have, almost passed out. <laughs> have, have you seen Old School with Will Ferrell? Uh-uh. There's a, there's a scene where, uh, is it Old School? Yeah, yeah, they have to, uh, it's a stupid, hilarious movie, though. Uh, they, I will watch it. <laughs> they form a fraternity, they're a bunch of, like, 40-year-old men, but they form oh, a fraternity, yeah. and they have to basically uh, do, like, a full... Uh, like eight events to prove that they can be associated with the school. And one of them is a debate and Will Ferrell just goes up and like gives the best debate ever. And then at the end, he's just, I don't know what happened. I blacked out. hundred percent that scene. I absolutely guarantee like that's wild. Just pure shaking. Like I couldn't, con- I was, like sat down and I was just shaking. It, it sounds like, like something out of a movie. Oh my God. Like what did, what did I like? like I went up against like the VP of like duty free. Duty free, yeah. Global company, and I'm like, oh, you know, and they did can, I just do yeah. that in my like hoodie? <laughs> I just did that in my hoodie. <laughs> but, and, and they can say they want a small local concept, but then when you get to the end and it's a tie, and you're like, oh, it's close. Yeah, it's it is a bit of a higher risk, higher 100%. higher reward to go with a small local versus this is an established brand. Because look, one thing I will never say is that Starbucks has a bad brand. No, I can say their coffee's bet, and I can be pretty confident about that. But I'll, they have one of the best brands in the Absolutely. world. Absolutely, and they know what they're doing. And so, if it comes down to someone like that and a small local, you go, I get it. Their brand yeah. recognition, everything is going to pay for itself. It's going to be a steady whatever. It's not going to add value to the. Uh, it's not going to differentiate us in any way. It's not going to make our airport a better experience. Yeah. But it's safe. On a on a like a, even to this day, now that we're four years into being at the airport. You show an average traveler in America or the globe a, a directory, and you're like, do you want to go to Dunkin' Donuts or Angel Food? They don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. They don't know who we are. They don't know what we are. We don't even say donuts in the shop, in the name. You know, like, it's a 
it's a guaranteed win with a big name. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been around the airport people long enough now that I know the saying is like, you want to win, put a Chick-fil-A in there. Like, that's a guaranteed win. Mm-hmm. Cinnabon, no problem. <laughs> like, so it is a huge risk. And that's that's one of the things I really applaud our airport for taking because they took it with so many people, so many companies. And do you think public perception of uh, airport locations is changing a bit? Because I, f- I feel like if I saw somewhere that I didn't recognize, I'd be like, oh, this is probably just some a- airport only thing. Or, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, But now because more and more airports are going that direction, I try to go out of my way of like, oh, hey, I couldn't get to the actual place while I was visiting or if I'm just laying over, is there at least somewhere that I can't eat anywhere else? I think, so I'm, I feel like I'm so in it that I don't have a good sense of it, mm. but I think it is changing. I think people, I mean, definitely when we started, my number one thing is we have to prove to people that it's as good or better than our street side location mm-hmm. because you automatically assume it's going to be more expensive and it's going to be shittier version. Like that's a guarantee assumption when you go to the airport. It's like going to a stadium. You're like, well, I know it's a $10 beer. That's probably cheap now, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to say, that's a bargain. Well, $15 <laughs> beer. You know, you just know these things inherently. And I, I think actually I could speak for stadium people too. They're trying to change that perception. So that was us. It's like our airport does this thing where they, they, um, have regulations about pricing. So like if our donut costs 250 downtown, we are not allowed to increase the price more than 10% at the airport. So it's called street plus 10. So it used to be if you have an airport location, you've you've got a captive audience. So people are like $5 donut oh, so, okay. like just jack up the price, which is why we're all used to paying 15 bucks a beer. Oh. At, at a Disney, you know, whatever. So is that a fairly new thing? I don't I don't know about it anywhere else. Just I know our airport implements that because they want to be price fair to their yeah. consumers. I mean it does cost operating costs are a lot higher at an airport, so the ten percent needs to be there <laughs> to help cover the rent is so much more expensive mm-hmm. than on a street side location and uh staffing is more expensive and all that sort of stuff. But they're they're so conscious of like they don't want you to feel gouged when you go traveling. Yeah. Which I think is really cool. Cause no, that is really cool. I didn't know that. I'd, yeah. I think my assumption always was just like, oh, just you just pay more. It's what you do. Yeah. So it, you know, <laughs> so it's a if, nice surprise when you get something for like, a reasonable price. If we have a sixteen ounce Folly Coffee downtown, we can't charge that much more for it at the airport. It's just a given, so that you know you're getting the same product and yeah. not just getting ripped off. <laughs> yeah, but and the foot traffic, it's guaranteed. Shh, don't say that. I know I jinxed everybody. I'm so sorry. Uh, someday it'll be it'll be back. <laughs> I said I said for years people are like, why would you get into airport? I was like, it's just like guaranteed. It's the best like almost guaranteed business you could possibly have. Like it will almost always be as there. you like, were breaking a mirror over someone's head and then walking walk under, under a ladder. <laughs> <laughs> no, yep. if anyone's jinxing this year, it's me. I was like, you know what? No, we should do office coffee. <laughs> and, and then well, I'm so excited to be in the airport with Angel Food. <laughs> and then 2020 came. No, I know. Well, I mean, I also jinxed it because I've I've played it pretty conservative from a business standpoint, like slow growth, like manageable, like get out of debt right away, don't take on more loans, like don't buy $15,000 worth of branded coffee cups. Like you can use regular cups and put a stamp on it. Like it's fine. Mm -hmm. And then this year I was like, you know what? We're moving, we're shaking, we're doing it. Like this is my year to like take risks. 
I think the, it didn't work I think out. The, I think the <laughs> real people to blame are everyone who used uh, any sort of hashtag about 2020 vision. New Year's. Yeah. I think that's probably... Screw those people in their I, mood boards. <laughs> 2020 vision. This is... I, I, I was thinking about this. I, it'll never be hard to remember what year this was. It really will never. It'll be. It'll be instantaneous that you'll yeah. never have to think about what, what, what was that two thousand three or was that four? It was like no, it was twenty twenty. Yep. There are years that like don't register in my life, and this is not going to be one of them. No, this will not be one at all. Yeah. Um, and we can kind of end on this, but uh, it's because when it happened, all of a sudden, uh, you know, you have to close shop. Uh, yep. Airport obviously closed, uh, and. All of a sudden, I am noticing that like you're working more than ever, and I'm like, "What the hell is going on?" And I'm texting you. I'm like, "What are you baking? Like, what what all are you baking for?" Where are your and you customers? like, text, "Yeah, you texted me these gold these gold belly orders that had come in, which is this online service where you're shipping your cakes and your donuts around the country." Yeah, and you're like texting me these order numbers, and I'm just like, "So who's doing this?" And you're like, "I am." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what was that like? Was was it? somewhat expected and what has it been like working with gold belly how have they been able to handle everything with this sudden increase in demand um so it was not expected in any way shape or form so a little over a year ago i was um accepted into a like business incubator with goldman sachs and did this program and part of the 12 week like it's kind of like a crash course mba was that the james beard no, that was a separate. That oh, was that a separate thing, which was really cool. <laughs> 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 win, 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 win. <laughs> no, uh, My mom so thinks I'm just I, like a cocky think, asshole at this point. I'm like, sorry, mom, I'm really not. Well, it's I'm not, not cocky. I'm just stating facts just about fact. what's happened. <laughs> I think because yeah. I've known you for a little bit now, I just kind of forget. I'm like, oh, oh shit, that's right. Yeah, yes. that's a separate. Okay, yeah, the James Beard, the James Beard was, program was a women's entrepreneur program was a separate thing. Yes, that was a separate thing, which led to this because I met um, somebody who had gone through it, and she told me about it. She's like, oh, if you like this James Beard program, then you should definitely do this. And it was a lot more intense and twelve weeks long, and like they were like, plan on thirty to forty hours a week on this program. And I'm like, I don't have. 30 to 40 that's when I sleep okay <laughs> okay I'll find it um so part of the part of the program is you had to create a growth plan for your business and this is business around the country like there was one guy whose company flies drones to inspect bridges you know it's not just like mm-hmm. bakeries or or women or anything it's everything so it was really cool to see like okay we had a woman whose company is outlaw soaps and they make these like really cool smoke western inspired soaps and so seeing how she grows and then being able to be like what is she doing like how could I translate that to us um so part of my growth plan I'm like we don't really have any space and I'm gonna I guess we could ship a couple a couple things so literally if you see my numbers I I started I launched with gold belly um they're just like a food kind of like the their pseudo tagline is like they ship foods you've seen on TV. Yeah, the way I perceive it is they they take like iconic foods yep. from different that you can only get regionally or locally, yes. and you can now. So like I think the one that pops up on my Facebook a lot of times is like the Philly cheesesteak. You Absolutely. can get a Philly cheesesteak from Philly from Pat or Gino's. You yeah, can, and they you know, ship it to you, and and since you can't go to them, you get it now, and mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And so I had contacted them and set that up, and it was about eight months of figuring all that out and test shipping and working on pricing and all that sort of stuff and we launched in September and my my three year 
growth plan goal was to get to ship 10 packages a day every day of the week. So I was like, 50 a week sounds super cool. We're doing like 10 a week right now before this. Like, I don't want to, you know, be realistic. So three years, conser- back to conservative <laughs> conservative yeah. growth. And right away we went way past that. And so when COVID hit, we were, we were doing like maybe 20, 20, 30 a day. Like our biggest day was during Christmas and it was like 98 packages. And all of us were like, whoa, you know, bring in extra staff. Like, I've got 15 people working for us. Like, we can do this. Um, and then COVID hit, and we had to let – we had to close and let everybody go. And I was like, okay, well, I can at least – I can at least do 20 things a day for Gold Belly. Like, by myself, that's still a lot of work, but we got to keep some money in paying rent. Mm-hmm. To like, a, sure, and maybe people want to ship things now that they can't go places. And it just – it exploded like we were doing 200 a day <laughs> and it's just me baking and my husband helping to put stuff in boxes and my mom would come in and start like taping shipping boxes and we it was it it's insane like but it's paying bills and keeping us it hand hands down i told gold belly because they they're phenomenal to work with mm. and they're like sorry we're you know we're we're exploding like we didn't know either can you handle it and i'm like you are keeping me in business yeah. you are the reason i will be here after and without you, we will absolutely be on the list of closures. Like, it's 100%. It totally makes you question just because when you think of shipping cakes, you're like, really? Is, yeah. is that a viable thing? And I did not think people would like it that much. It's crazy. <laughs> like, Honestly. I mean, no, I agree. I'm like, I am the person that is like, you can go get donuts at a local place almost anywhere and they're going to be good. Like, why wouldn't you do that? But, you know, we've got the cool thing is we have these products that we've talked about going all the way back to the unique products i'm telling you just having something that's like it's different and being the first one to do it i think is really important too because then it's like that's your thing and it's like anyone else that does it's kind of doing a knockoff of your original idea yep and i think people catch on to that i hope so but that's wild so how's it been so this we're going on month seven here has this been the big that this has been driving the business while yeah. during COVID is just gold belly orders and bacon by yourself. Gold belly and it's just me by myself. We're starting to get some staff trained in and and bringing them back every once in a while for training purposes. And but you know I don't have I don't I can do a lot. Like today was a really small day and we had like fifty something orders. You know I was like it was done in. Five hours, like that. Your was original it. plan for a full week. My original plan for a full week, and today I was like, piece of cake. Like I, that was a short day. I got to work out afterwards. I'm here. Like you know, this has been one of my shortest days in the last six months. So, like most days, I'm twelve to fifteen hours long. Like it's nuts. <laughs> and now you're roping me into a CrossFit competition. You brought that up. That's I, on you. I know, but now so, I can act like you're roping me into yeah. it. No, that's for Talk sure to gonna to happen. It. Okay. I want to do that. <laughs> I was actually talking to Nikki about it. I was like, are you cool if I rabbit hole on something else for a little bit now? And she's like, what is it? I was like, CrossFit? She's like, ah, it's fine. <laughs> My friend Amanda, who would do the competition with us, she's like, does he even CrossFit? I'm like, he's the type of guy, I think, that when he says he will do it, he will figure this out. Oh, no. I, he will learn it. He yeah, will no, focus I'm, everything I'm, on it. I'm going to really, really do this. <laughs> yeah, that brings us up on an hour. Uh-oh. Thanks for coming. It's yeah. totally arbitrary time that I just... Oh, that's decided, funny. I guess. Um, mostly because I usually have to start to pee after an hour. 
Oh, it's yeah. a big deciding factor, I think. I can work for like 12 hours without going to the bathroom. I think, that, <laughs> I think that's why Chopped was so fun. I was like, <laughs> we, I mean, it was film, it films 5 a.m. call time and we finished around 11 p.m. And Really? Yeah, all day. Like, you shoot a whole episode in a day. It's so long. It's exhausting. What takes so long? Just they have to reset cameras and interviews and s- clean the kitchen for the next round. And Whoa. it's insane. But I mean, that's a day for that's a normal day for me. And the other people, like really, the other people after two hours are like, "Oh, man, my back is starting to hurt." I'm like, "What? I was warming up." Like, like I haven't even worked out like, today like, yet. <laughs> You're telling me this bakery doesn't have a gym? What kind of facility is? Yeah, this? what is this crappy studio kitchen? That was the so. other best part. Is all of a sudden you just have gym equipment in the bakery up in Fridley, and I'm like, "What is what's going on?" And yeah. I was like, "You have the only gym right now." Yeah. Well, so my husband and I both like to work out and my best friends are work out with me and um, or COVID hit and we lost our gyms. Like it's not safe to go to them and they all closed for a long time and I had a barbell and so each of us just, I had an empty garage and I was like, well, I had a big industrial garage, why not? And all of a sudden you've got a full rack and all of a sudden you've got (laughs) all the equipment. So the rack was already intentional. I, I found that on on craigslist for like three hundred dollars like literally two days before covid hit and everything shut down and that guy is probably kicking himself you could have gotten, gotten like 10 times that for the right thousands person. of dollars yeah. a week later and i'm like hey sucker oh, fine. This, oh my, yeah what <laughs> i was just like after a month i'm like hey can i can, can i come over can i come work out real quick <laughs> now we now we've got our own like little private crossfit gym you have to come back. So what th- what show do you think you'll be on next? Like, uh, let's see, you did fashion, food. Yeah. Maybe you could get on, like, one of these, like, um, maybe just, like, a more traditional, like, real world. And you're just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I want my own show. Ooh. But I don't know how to do that. So that I don't are, So that's out on the table. We've, we were approached a few times as a bakery, but it never was really what I was looking for, what they were like literally one time and they were like, well, we kind of want like a new, like a Jersey shore feeling, but with a food concept. I was like, that's not me. That's definitely not me. It's like they they almost want a dysfunctional business. Oh, they absolutely. And then one, one really wanted a dysfunction, like a show where they were like, we want to show how angel food is pitted against Hell's Kitchen. I was like, well, that seems like a really bad business plan for a family. Like, yeah, you're like, you want me to go against my I was like, mom? We, <laughs> we get along now, and I don't really want to create drama to not get along, so pass. But huh. So I just don't – I have a few concept ideas, but I don't know how to make it happen. Everybody says just make a YouTube channel. I'm like, I don't know how to do that or when – so. Yeah, I just want to be the coffee guy, Fieri, where I just yeah. go to different towns and I try their espresso and I just go, oh, this yeah. is the oil in the cars and flavor town. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's got the best life in the world. Bean, bean town. <laughs> yeah. I keep DMing him and he won't, he won't respond. <laughs> I've met him. Do you want me to talk to him? Yeah, Brian over at Hope Breakfast said he knows him too. I was like, ah, the things, if I, if I reach out, I've got I've to have something. I got, See, I've that's gotta, how I feel I've about a TV show. Something. Like, I yeah. need to have like a concept in like a what do they call it um what's the word i'm i want to say like a flaming reel but that's not it uh sizzler sizzler yeah thank you see i was close i got a friend that works in netflix i seriously asked him i was like how does how does one yeah because coffee is getting popular enough and i'm looking at like so you see like the the psalm documentary just like exploded i'm like there's people don't 
Because one thing that did intrigue me about coffee is when I got into it, I didn't know it existed. And then all of a sudden you realize, oh, there's national competitions. At, the, yeah, who the, knew? The barista one is like wildly popular within coffee and most people don't know that exists. And then you go, there's, there's the cup tasters that Jeff always that he's done really well in and there's all these other yeah. competitions going on there's this whole underground circuit that people just don't talk about <laughs> and everybody's running out of things on netflix <laughs> yeah so i feel like there's a coffee show i feel like all of the big names you know for food network are like getting kind of aging like they need some like fresh blood all right maybe i should maybe i should take a more serious approach to contacting him yeah, <laughs> and can, we and me too. So they, no, here it is: coffee cooler donut, and we coffee can pit, stat. We pit against each other. Yeah, coffee coffee provider, bakery owner, and we hate each other. Yes, but gosh dang it, do I respect it's her? The best products. coffee and the best donut, so we have <laughs> to go together. <laughs> so the problem with that is I'm a bad liar, and I would not be able to act very well, and I would just giggle the whole time. Well. we'll 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 take care of that in post. I don't know what that means, but we'll take care of it. (laughs) Um, I'll end the episode there and say have a nice day.